welcome to Kol Isha, the podcast that gives Orthodox women a voice. Welcome to Kolisha. Today, I wanted to continue our conversation about social media. So last week, we discussed a little bit uh, about social media and online behavior. And today, I wanted to continue that conversation with a fascinating woman who is joining us today from Farakoi, New York. Her name is Esther Liebowitz, and she runs a group on Facebook called Jewish Women Talk About Anything. Many of you may be familiar with the group. It has about 35,000 members um, today. And Esther is the administrator. She, along with some other women, moderate the group. Um, and she has a very unique perspective on online behavior and the use of social media. Um, so welcome, Esther. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So Esther, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background, what prompted you to start this group, what were your goals, and um, where the group is at today? Sure. Um, so um, I think a pretty typical busy from Jewish wife and mother. I have four kids, Kanai Nahara. I work full time, uh, try to keep a clean house and, you know, get Shabbos on the table. Um, and I largely use Facebook for recreation. And I think about five years ago, maybe I, um, I put together this group really, honestly, it was, it started off as a joke. Um, I was part of a mommy group and somebody was posting a conversation and people were like, that's, you know, that has nothing to do with mothers. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's start a group for, for anybody, you know, um, we initially called it Jewish wives talk about anything. And then we changed it. I asked a friend of mine if she wanted to add me with me. I'm like, I, we, we did it as a joke and I, I didn't really plan to start it. And um, in the beginning, it was just, you know, a few of us and it was like very intimate and small and, you know, people really got to know one another. Um, and then it started growing and growing and then it morphed from just from women to non-observant Jews, secular women from all backgrounds and, um, I, I remember in the beginning, we were like, okay, if you want to stay here, you have to be active. And at a certain point when people just kept joining, you know, I, I, I basically had to make the decision of, am I keeping this small and capping membership or am I just going to let this explode? And I kind of just chose the latter option. And, you know, I'm really happy I did. We, we did lose something. Um, I, I, first of all, lost a little bit of being able to control as much as I had been able to in the past and, um, you know, it's, it's not as small and cozy as it was. Um, but I think the benefits are really, um, incredible. Um, really the ability to be able to connect with any Jewish women from all backgrounds and the playing level is the same. Nobody is better, worse, smarter, you know, and you can ask a conversation, answer it. And, you know, you might have a conversation with someone that you would never meet in real life. Um, and there's really been a lot of great things that happened through the group and also some moments of frustration that, you know, I guess we'll talk about. Um, but honestly, it wasn't um, started with any intent in mind. But at a certain point, I, I kind of saw it as, 
you know, responsibility, I guess, of me to try and make it something that Jewish women of all backgrounds can really benefit from. So it's really pretty crazy that something that started as a joke is now like 35,000 people strong. But yeah. you know, I guess anytime you have a group that large, you're going to have a lot of different personalities, a lot of different backgrounds, people who have been through 35,000 different lives, right? And have all sort of merged at this point in one Facebook group. And like you said, that can bring out some really great things and also some really challenging things, some things that sometimes are kind of cringeworthy or painful even. Um, so one of the things I wanted to talk about was online behavior. Um, so tell me a little bit about what you're seeing in the group in terms of, you know, how people interact with each other. You know, like you said, there's so many different demographics of people. There are religious, there are non-observant, there's a whole huge spectrum. Um, so you guys had a, had to change your policy on how you um, moderate posts and stuff because of some of the issues that were going on. So t can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I mean, we, we have extensive rules about how to behave and, you know, no attacking and no bashing. Um, it's, it's hard to moderate um, certain behaviors. Um, first of all, I think sometimes people forget, they really forget that there's a, a human being behind the computer screen and there's this like need to, you know, to like one up and like, you know, do my little zinger and like, I gotcha. And, you know, there was a lot of that. And I think we, I think we did our best and we, we kind of put a stop to a lot of that. Um, we've removed people for doing it too much. We've muted members that are only saying things to hurt others. Um, but also, um, especially when there are so many different polarizing topics, it's, it's so important to keep in mind that, you know, you want to educate the other person. You want to, you want to listen, you want to understand, you want to share your viewpoints, you know, yelling and, and, and shouting and just, you know, telling the other person they're dumb or whatever, it's not going to ever get anywhere. You know, um, the best way to do it is to really, you know, validate what you're hearing, share your point of view, ask questions. Um, so like we, we really do try our best to make sure that the conversation is respectful, but there are times that it's just, it's hard, you know, somebody might stick in a sarcastic comments, but they'll be like, no, you know, I, I, I really, I was really asking a question, you know, um, sometimes tone gets a little bit lost. Um, sure. When it comes to texting and just, you know, the written word, as opposed to the spoken word, the tone can be very misconstrued right. and someone who might have meant something well can you know it can be taken wrongly by the other person and right and people that people do get very you know upset really easily and like let's say just um someone might make a comment like um you didn't read the you didn't read the post well and like that that could be just you know accurate you know if somebody's making a comment that is you know, showing that they didn't read the post well, then someone can say that. But somebody can, you know, read it as you didn't even read the post and they might get very defensive. And, you know, it's hard. It's really hard to, to monitor and moderate. Um, you know, oftentimes people will want us to get involved and we do up to a certain point, but there are times that we 
also will allow the conversations to take place and the back and forth, especially with, you know, let's say people have very, very um, emotional topics, religion, politics, things that are very polarizing. And, you know, we want these conversations to happen. We want people to have a chance to, you know, go past their echo chamber, as they're called, and to hear the other side. So sometimes we allow it to get a little bit maybe not as nice and sensitive as it as it could be because people do should be able to hear the other side but it's really it's a fine line of when we get involved and when yeah we that was going to be something question so when do you when do you draw the line like how i mean definitely yeah so so we actually have a separate we have a separate moderators group i have about i think eight moderators um when we have a separate group and sometimes we'll discuss it and we'll talk about it and I purposely chose moderators from all backgrounds because I wanted I wanted the input of moderators from all backgrounds. You know, I'm one unique person with my vision and you know that might not align with others and I there are times that I thought something was fine and if five other people said it's not I'll be like okay, you know, I'm I'm on board with you guys, you know. So obviously something like you know attacking something someone, you know, call someone a name that's like right away like we, we, we usually remove those people, especially if it's not their first time. Um, if somebody um, stereotypes and says, you know, well, all Haredim are whatever, I, I, I'm, I'm like so torn about what to do. We recently had this issue and we did end up removing her, but I'm like, there's this person that might never have met a Haredi person and like, why can't, let's try and educate them. But, right. you know, there was, there was basically there was back and forth and because the person had had done it so many times and had basically ignored our request to be respectful and not stereotype and you know realize that there's more than to what they assumed and what they've always been taught so we didn't, we ended up removing her it was too, it was too much just hatred and neg negativity and you know it, it really didn't make me sad because in an ideal world we can really educate, but there are other people that will be like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean, you know, in an offensive way, you know, thank you for telling me. So, you know, it's, it's a constant, you know, dance finding that fine line of when to get involved, when we feel a member is teachable and when we just feel like, okay, they're not, they're not a good match. And we haven't removed that many, but we have removed some and I've never regretted removing a member. Like, We've given some members so many, so many chances, and there are there there are just times that we that we just said, okay, they're not a they're not a good fit, you know. Yeah, and I mean, I'm glad to hear that it's only been a few cases because it's it's honestly it's it's kind of it's upsetting and surprising. Like, you know, you think this is a group of grown women. Yes, they're all from different backgrounds, but you know, you would think that as kids we sort of learn all, how to interact with other people in kindergarten, you know. Uh, don't say mean things, don't call names, don't don't be bullying, don't be aggressive, you know, all the typical kind of things that you think and hope people learn when they get older. But it seems like when it comes to online behavior, all that just goes out the window. And I wanted to ask you, like, if you had any words of advice for our listeners and for group members, if, you know, you can use this platform to sort of say, I wish you would do this when interacting online it would make things more pleasant and i think you, we can probably extrapolate that outside of the group to pretty much anywhere people are interacting online what would what advice would you give our listeners to keep in the back of their mind when they're 
uh, interacting with others online? Okay, so that's a great question. First of all, like when you're talking to the, when you're answering a question or you're sharing your, your piece of advice, imagine the, the name that you're answering, imagine that's your sister or your friends or your coworker. Like see them as a person, you know, don't like the sarcasm and the, you know, ooh, you know, did you ever go to third grade? Like, it's just, it's hurtful. It's not necessary. It, it gets nobody anywhere. You look, you look silly when, when you do that. It's just, there's no place for it, you know? Um, I, I, I do have to say, I, I think most people really are respectful. That's the honest truth. But the small percentage of online users that are not respectful are very loud. And they're like the most frequent posters. Um, it's almost I, like they have a need to like, yeah, it's like, it's their, almost, their it's, there. yeah, there are definitely some of some, some of those, you know, just bullies that here, here they have a nice safe place where they get to say whatever they want in the comfort of their own home, you know, and, and sound smart and, you know, it feels good to put others down. And, you know, it's like I said, it's not the majority, but, but they're loud and it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard to talk to them. Um, I, 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 I remove some people like that. And then there are other people I just won't engage with them because I'm like, it's not worth it. You know, um, I feel like the people that are honestly there to learn and to connect and to speak to people from different backgrounds, they get, they have the chance to do that. And we've had some really wonderful conversations with women from different backgrounds. Um, but it's because people are coming in a respectful way wanting to communicate, wanting to learn, you know, wanting to listen and not just to talk. Um, and there are times like when there's been a, like a very polarizing topic, like there are times that we'll come in as a moderator and just kind of remind everyone, please be respectful. Um, it's, it's interesting um, because there are certain groups that they feel like they can knock, you know, things that don't make sense to them. Um, and, you know, there are certain things in halacha and in the Torah that are not so PC and they're a little bit hard to argue, but like, I feel like if it was like a Muslim rule, there are people that would be more respectful of it, you know? So we, we try to remind people that, you know, if you're going to respect everyone, respect everyone, even those that may be doing things that don't make so much sense to you, that may seem a little bit old and a little bit archaic, respect them as well, you know? Or maybe so. approach it from the perspective of, like, teach me what that's about, you know, as opposed to just off the bat knocking it or putting it down. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to, to creating a respectful tone, and it's so it's so important to kind of go out of your way to do that because like we said earlier, the written word doesn't convey your tone. And so like I've seen posts, which I thought were really great where people will write something like, please understand. I genuinely want to learn. What did you mean by X, Y, Z? And that sort of lets people know, like, I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm not trying to knock you, but like, can you explain this to me? And when people do that, it comes across as respectful as, kind you know like so there are certain things we can do i think like if people would pause before they hit post um 
you know, and just think about how the other person's also going to read it and perceive it, you know, like, can my words be taken out of context or whatever? Um, that would also go a long way. Right. And, you know, the goal shouldn't be to put another human being down. Like, it shouldn't be. You shouldn't, you know, post something and, 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 and feel like, oh, you know, I won. That, that's not, that doesn't get you anywhere. You know, like, think about having, having the conversation. Ask questions. Say, where did you hear that from? Sometimes it's hard because when a poster comes on and they, and they write in an arrogant kind of tone, it's, it's hard not to return that, you know, but like, I don't know, just let, let them have their, let them have their say, or you can, you know, say in a nice way. Are you sure about that? You know, like there doesn't need to be this, this feeling of, of knocking, you know, and, and putting someone else down. It, it, just, it just doesn't, doesn't help anyone. Right. And it's sort of like a childish behavior that you expect from, from grown women. It is. It really is. And, you know, I think also a lot of people see Facebook as like their, their place to, you know, hang out and chill. And, and, you know, part of that is like, you know, they get something out of knocking someone or feeling good, then, you know, they're, they're, they may not be there to learn. They may not be there to connect, you know? So when we find that someone's doing that on a continuous basis, we do try and say something to them or maybe eventually remove them, you know? Um, but like I said, I really don't think it's most, it's most of the people. It's just the people that are the loudest. And what's sad is they end up sometimes scaring people away. Like people have, you know, messaged me and they're like, I'm scared to ask this question. And you know, that, that kind of makes me sad because no one should be afraid of asking what they want. Um, Another thing I noticed as well is that there are some people that are very um, eloquent and they, they have a way with a written word. And because they talk in a very nice, sophisticated way, they kind of have the upper hand, which is not really fair. You know, um, their point might be just as valid or not as valid as the next person, but because they're, they're like the lawyer and they have the the armor to back up what they're saying, they're going to come across as like the winner. Right. And again, maybe this, yeah, maybe this is something that makes them feel good and whatever, but it's frustrating when you know that someone that might not be quite as eloquent has something really good to share. They just may not be as able to back it up in a sophisticated manner. So they, they don't feel that they can share. And you know, it's kind of frustrating to me. Yeah, because... it becomes kind of intimidating. And I know, like, right. I've, I've definitely had that thought myself because there have been times I've posted things which I thought were very innocent and wound up then feeling very, very attacked by some of the responses that I got. And I was thinking, like, really, like, why am I getting attacked for asking, like, the simple question? Like, I'll give you an example. This was not in your group. But um, I happened to have like a very scary incident where I was driving and a bus driver was yelling anti-Semitic slurs at me out the window. He was kind of like harassing me at, at the red light. He was like pulling up next to me and like yelling at me and saying very anti-Semitic things. So anyway, it was around the area where I live. So I post in a local group asking if anybody could identify the bus driver. Um, thinking that there's a good chance he drives Jewish kids and I wanted to report him to the bus company. So that was pretty, I gave a little bit of a description of what happened. And then I said, I would like to know if anyone 
kid maybe goes on this bus or if anyone can help me figure out who this bus driver is. The responses I got were unbelievable. Like people were saying, well, maybe you were a bad driver. Maybe it's because he doesn't like Jews because Jews are aggressive drivers and maybe you need to drive differently. And it was like in one side of it, I was thinking was maybe people just don't are like scared to accept that there's like anti-Semitism so close to home. So there's like an element of denial. So they're trying to like blame it on something else. Like, no, he wasn't just being anti-Semitic. It was because you were too, whatever. Anyway, I, I had to go and defend myself and say, look, I really wasn't driving badly. Like I felt this need to defend myself and say, no, it was like legitimately, I felt like the victim of anti-Semitism. I was driving fine. And the funny thing is a friend of mine saw my post and she saw all the responses and she jumped in and said, no, I know she's a really good driver. I've driven with her. And like, it just got like to the point where why did it even have to go there? You know, right. I was right. posting to ask a question, like, can anyone identify the driver? And I wound up, and honestly, my intentions were good because I thought like, if someone's child, like if my child was on his bus, I would want to know that the bus driver is an anti, you know, I just had pure intentions and I wound right. up being so attacked. And it, it, that incident in itself makes me like triple and quadruple think anytime I'm going to post something online because like, I don't want to feel attacked again, you know? So it's like, it, yeah, like you said, the people who sometimes have good intentions wind up getting intimidated and then like the loud mouths wind up taking over, you know, that's right. how I see it in some ways. Right. I, I, I don't like, I don't know if I would post looking for support unless I really knew that there was no way for anyone to challenge what I was saying, you know, um, it, it's interesting because something that I noticed is that in the beginning of the Facebook group, somebody would post something and then everybody would kind of like agree with them like right away. Like that, that's like years ago. And then, and then I feel like things started polarizing and shifting the other way. Like we actually had one, somebody share a story of, of like my baby didn't get a car seat. Um, she didn't get a high chair and it wasn't fair. And um, somebody had two high chairs. So everybody was like, you know, oh, that's so selfish of the other family. And then the other mom was also in the group. And she's like, you know, I was that mom. And um, it, you, you could have just asked. Like, we came in and the two chairs were available. Why don't you just ask? And that was a little bit eye-opening um, because, you know, you really get one perspective when, when somebody shares a story. And we don't, we don't usually know the person. And we don't know that you're, let's say, a good driver. We don't know that. The other mom didn't even ask. And so we, we, everyone draws their own conclusions and then they spit out their information based on a little bit that they see and probably their own history. And, you know, so like, I feel like people used to agree with everything that the poster says. And now people very often will, will doubt and say, but, but, you know, maybe it didn't happen that way or whatever, you know? And, um, there really are a lot of people that feel this need to like educate the world, you know, um, you know, somebody will come and ask about, you know, bottle feeding and they'll be like, but did, did you try breastfeeding? And they're like, well, that wasn't the question. And they're like, but, but me, you didn't even try it, you know? So I do feel like there's a lot of that sanctimony, you know, I'm better. I know everything. I'm going to tell you what to do. And you know, that gets old very fast. At the same time, you know, 
we want to have a complete story. Like I will ask, like, did something else happen? Did something, you know, from this? And you know what? I believe you, but I, I also think that there are some people that may cry anti-Semitism because, you know, the TSA person yelled at them for being late and it had nothing to do with anti-Semitism. So it's very hard when we post in a vacuum and there are strangers that really don't know us and they're just kind of seeing words. And that's why I would say ask questions, get more information, you know, um, and really if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it. <laughs> You know, it, no, nobody benefits from, from making these, these one-liners, you know, but like, that's what I would say to you. Like I, I will now, I will go to, you know, my, my few friends to get support from a crazy story that happened, especially if like, there might've been another side, like, I don't want to hear about the other side, <laughs> you know, if I'm venting to you, I just want support, you know, and my friends will do that, you know, and then after they give me support, then they might ask me like, oh, but whatever. And like, and then I'll be able to say that, but it, you know, it's, it's like a person-to-person -person conversation with close friends. So like, it's not as hurtful as seeing a random post on a computer, you know, judging me and, and questioning me, you know? Yeah. And I wonder if that shift happened because earlier it was a small group, a more homogenous group. And now the group is so much bigger and you're talking about 35,000 people. I'm sure not that many see every single post, but a large amount of women, let's say even 1,000, right? Looking at a single post and interpreting it a thousand different ways or focusing in on one thing, right? The post could be three paragraphs long, but there's like one thing that I relate to. And so that's what I'm going to pick on. You know what I mean? And so I think I wonder if the more the group grew, the more that kind of thinking took over because just share volume and absolutely. opinions. Also, if someone's going to come out with like a venting thing, I can almost guarantee that they're not just going to get support. I can guarantee it. And we often don't even approve them anymore. We, um, we message the person back because now there's a pre-approval and we say like, what do you want? Are you looking for just support? Because maybe switch it around. Like don't come across and just sound like, you know, a raging lunatic. And, you know, it, people are not going to, people don't like that. People don't, don't want to just hear a, a raging vent about something. They're, I'm telling you, you're not going to only get support and it's going to make you feel worse, you know? It's like the wrong place to look for support. It is. It is. Thing. Yeah. When, was, when it was small, it was fine, um, but it's, it's not the place anymore. It's a great place to get a lot of opinions if you want to crowdsource and, you know, you want a recipe, you want to, you know, find out where to buy a shaitzel or you know, plans for when you go to Israel, then it's fabulous. If you want to ask a question and get an answer, it's fine. I like, I wouldn't say this is the place to vent mm -hmm. unless you're really, really like sure that your story has no holes, you know, and you're ready for the potential. And, and you are, and you're ready for the, for the questions. Yeah. yeah. So what topics do you think really get people going? Um, so politics has been rough. Um, we had to disallow politics at some point. Um, and I feel like people have seen this outside of Facebook too. Like there are some areas that Facebook has more problems than the rest of the world, but I feel like politics has really divided families, friends. Um, um, and so we, at a certain point, we didn't allow anything. And then we slowly started allowing it. Um, I've been on a search to try to find news sources that are not, Bias and it's kind of challenging. 
but I think I've been able to find some. And now we, we, we know there are certain members that are very, very strong in their opinions. And we basically don't really allow them to share articles. Like if someone shares something, they do have to share their opinion, but it has to be somewhat like, it can't just be something to bash and something to, you know, put someone down. Um, religion is also pretty emotional, but I feel like we can actually get somewhere with religion, which is exciting for me. Um, there are some people like, like the lady I told you about before that are just so anti and it's hard to see that. Um, there's also a lot of, they're called SJWs. Are you familiar with that? Oh, social they're, justice warriors. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're very well-intentioned and, um, you know, I, I was raised in a somewhat sheltered home and I'm constantly learning about how to be more sensitive and more understanding and, you know, more PC, but there are some people that like won't let you talk and, you know, they'll say, they'll say a comment, you know, you'll, you'll describe something they'll be like, oh, well, that's, that's offensive. You can't, you know, you can't call it like that. Um, the, the past, um, there's been a lot of challenges with, um, racism and particularly because we have many Jews of color and we love Jews of color. Um, we have a lot of Jews of color in our group and I actually was really happy because one of my moderators, um, is a Jew of color. She asked to be a moderator and I was like, gladly. So, um, so that's, that's hard. That's really hard because especially recently with some of the attacks that have happened, um, it's, it's hard to figure out how to phrase things, how to allow things, you know, I want people to be able to share and to talk, especially if there are anti-Semitic attacks going on, we're a Jewish group and we should be allowed to say what's happening as it's happening. Um, at the same time, it's really, it's really hard and painful for, you know, to just, you know, go out and, and, and call a color or a race that, that may be harming Jews. Because like I said, we have so many Jews of color and, um, you know, it's, it's a sensitive area and we're constantly working on that. And I don't, I don't think I found that perfect line yet. You know, um, sometimes I, I, don't I choose to let something let the conversation happen and hope that the members can educate one another without a lot of moderation but that's been um that's been a hard point yeah I mean it is it's definitely a challenging area because some some of it is factual and then some of it is emotional and there's a lot of crossover especially for people that it's more personal for um, so I think it's, it's probably hard for you. you. You probably feel a certain sense of responsibility, but at the same time, and this goes for all topics, not just this one, you can't protect everyone, right? Everyone has a different experience in life. Everyone's going to be reading, you know, it could be any post about anything that can cause a lot of pain for someone, right? Right, right, right. I, I, I would sometimes ask like, um, Mimi, who's, who, you know, who is our, our moderator of color, I would sometimes ask her, like, is this okay? And she'd be like, listen, I, I'm okay with it, but that doesn't mean other people are, you know, she's like, even within our community, there's, there's, you know, different people that feel differently about this topic. 
And, you know, that's something that I feel like everyone has to keep in mind at the end of the day. Um, the same way we have to not, we have to be more sensitive and not, you know, make bullying remarks. We also have to be a little less offended. So I feel like I'm saying conflicting things, but um, don't lose sight of the message. Don't harp on, you know, the word that might not be as PC. You can, you can absolutely say, you know, can you phrase that in a different way, you know, or, you know, and, you know, people do find that word offensive. Um, I'll give you an example. I didn't know until somewhat recently that the word gypped is offensive. And when I learned about it, I stopped using it. So, you know, but it was, it was told to me in a very pleasant way. And I'm, I appreciate being educated, but, you know, I, I think that people do need to try and not miss the trees for the forest. Is that the saying? <laughs> Don't get so caught up in like, oh, you know, you're phrasing this in an offensive way that you lose sight of the message. Um, especially if the person wasn't trying to be hurtful or offensive and they really just want to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. So that's something to keep in mind. All right, so that's all really good stuff to keep in mind. So yeah, I think that a lot of the advice you've given on how to make your time on social media more productive and just more useful, kinder, has been really good. Um, there's one topic I wanted to bring up with you just because it's like a little bugaboo for me, which is um, what is your opinion on people asking medical or health advice on the group? And I'll tell you why, because sometimes I cringe inwardly, sometimes I, I have to comment because I'm a healthcare provider and I see that when people write certain things, they're crowdsourcing for advice on a topic that, you know, there's a, kind of a small percentage of people that have the level of expertise to be able to give the advice. And if they're going to be giving the advice, they need a really good history and understanding of what's going on. Very often, even a physical exam, you know, and then you'll have someone who will be like, oh, should I give my baby Tylenol? And like, should I take my son to the emergency room? And there's like very limited information. And it surprises me on one end that a, a mom or any woman is asking this sort of question to, you know, thousands and thousands of complete strangers. And at the same time that the thousands of complete strangers are responding with their advice on something that they don't have a lot of um, information about. So what do you think about that? Um, so I think this is um, a topic that you and I are going to probably disagree on, okay. and that's okay. That's, that's fine. Um, I like disagreeing. I like to hear other people's perspective. Yeah, um, I appreciate the ability to crowdsource. Um, I think that um, I actually have a great relationship with my pediatrician, and, and he allows me to text him, which is amazing, but not everyone has that, and sometimes it's hard to access medical information, and if, you know, 20,000 moms also had a baby with, you know, very similar looking spots and, you know, 10,000 of them are all saying, oh, this, if he had fever, this is probably Kaksaki. I'm not saying you should medicate your child on that, but that should clue you into something. Um, and I, I find that sometimes connecting with other people that have similar, um, obviously up to a certain limit. Um, can really clue someone in to what their child is dealing with. Sometimes yeah, doctors have you don't found even that have... to be the case, though, because more often than not, I see a very like diverse um, or a very divided response. So, like, 
for example, recently a woman asked if she should take her son to the emergency room based on uh, limited symptoms that she provided. And she said, I don't know if I should take him to the emergency room. And it was like, I didn't count it, but it seemed to be to me like very fine, like it was divided almost 50-50. Yes, you should take him. No, you shouldn't take him, right? So then what do you do? Hmm. <laughs> well, you know, I feel like that's probably because there are moms that are more relaxed about things and then there are moms that are more nervous about things. Um, but the same way I might ask two of my friends what their thoughts are because, you know, just as advice, not really to to really um, diagnose anything, but just, you know, advice. My baby isn't feeling well. Should I take him to the doctor, let's say? My baby has, has a fever. Um, and one person will say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'd be so nervous if my baby has a fever. And the other be like, nah, wait it out, you know? So I feel like that's that's probably something that, that makes sense that it's divided because there are people that are more nervous and less nervous. But, you know, I don't mind the idea of crowdsourcing with other people because there's a there's a good chance that you might have someone that or or several people that have had similar experiences and like I said not even all doctors are always able to correctly diagnose especially if they're busy and seeing a lot of patients you know but here you're asking especially if it's like an unusual thing I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing I, obviously you shouldn't diagnose based over the internet but I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to crowdsource to other people because I feel like it's it's a starting point, you know, and right. it's so I definitely better than Googling, you know, and, yeah. well, and getting <laughs> anything is better than Dr. Google, right. Dr. Facebook may be a little bit better. But um, I think, you know, from after hearing your perspective, what I would what I would say, I think, then is maybe crowdsource about things that can be helpful but are not like emergencies or like you're not looking for an actual diagnosis or to pin down something really, really specific that requires a lot of expertise. So like, you know, I've seen posts of like, you know, my I'm, we're struggling with, you know, my baby's having stomach issues. Can anyone recommend like foods that help for constipated babies or something like relatively innocent like that? You know what I mean? Versus like, people that are asking for more complex kind of advice. We also have to give the poster, maybe not every poster, but most posters, I like I give them the benefit of the doubt that they're not only relying on Facebook, that they're, you know, also, um, you know, waiting online with the doctor or whatever. And that, like, this is something that they figured might make sense, but like that this is not going to be their one and only thing. Um, right. So I think that's also a really important point is that if you're going to crowdsource to try to get some more information, also make sure not to use that in place of your doctor or someone right, with right. a little more expertise. And I, 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 like, I would think that most, you know, normal moms like you and me would be doing other things too, you know? And like, like, I think that goes back to like, sometimes why, you know, people might like ridicule a post or whatever is because they might think like, oh, this is all they're going to do. I'm like, no, let's give the benefit of the doubt that like there's more going on and this is just one of their many things. Um, you know, there, there people have complained to me that when people might post about like difficulties in a marriage, especially if it's an anonymous post, people will make comments like leave the guy, you know, and, and like, that is a little bit crazy and, and, you know, I, it's over the top. No, nobody should be leaving their spouse because he, you know, he, 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 you know, said something wrong or whatever. But again, like, let's give the benefit of the doubt that they're not only relying on the advice of strangers to fix 
either their marriage or figure out what's going on with their child. Like, let's right. let's assume that this is one of, of, you know, several things that they're doing to try and, you know, help the situation. Sure. So that's really good advice, too, because you want to make sure that as the reader, you're also giving respect to the poster and trying to, you know, understand their perspective before you go ahead and comment. So with all this, I was just um, hoping you can share some positive things that have come of the group, some positive things you've seen, um, because, you know, there are so many challenges and it is incumbent on like everyone to be a good citizen online. But okay. like, what kind of positive um, events or like, you know, situations have happened because of this um, group? Okay. So I love that question. <laughs> um, you know, I really do think there's a lot more good that comes about this than the negative, even though the negative might hurt more and be more, you know, in our faces, I think there's a ton of positivity. Anytime people ask a question, it gets an answer. That's like amazing. There are people that might ask for help, ask for advice. And I connect people behind the scenes all the time. People are like, you know what? I went through this last year, give this person my name. And then they end up connecting and they can help each other out. Um, there are people that are stranded for Shabbos that end up, you know, connecting and getting food and getting place to sleep and whatnot. Um, I think one of the best stories is this woman that came on and said, um, she was like an older woman and she's like, my husband passed away. And the, the local temple said that they, they won't bury him because, um, you know, we're not part of their, their shul, their temple. Um, I have no clue what her background was. I don't think it was Orthodox. And Within like an hour, there were people tagging. There's, oh, I know that there's a, you know, a Chabad in Phoenix and there's um, this rabbi and this was going on and going on. And they ended up getting a beautiful Levaya for this, this woman's husband. She was so touched. She came on, she thanked everyone. And it was because of the women that connected and, and called one another that, you know, that this happened. Um, there wow, was another such a beautiful story. It's, it was amazing. There was another woman that I actually got a little bit involved with that um, I posted anonymously for that she was frustrated with her mikvah experiences and she didn't feel that she was comfortable going with one. And someone messaged me that she she has a perfect place and she's even willing to take the woman. And she ended up going and having and having a wonderful experience. And you know these things just make me feel so good and so happy and like this is what the group is for. And, you know, I really, really do believe there's so many more good people in the world than bad. And there's so much more good that happens than bad. We just kind of have to look for it. Wow. It's so nice to know because a lot of the, these really nice stories are happening behind the scenes. Yeah. Not yeah. everyone is seeing them, but it's so heartwarming to know that that's going on. Too. It is. It really is. People have found one another, like, like, family members it's it there are really some amazing things that have gone on so um, i'm really blessed to be part of it i really am wow well thank you so much for taking this time to talk to me and you've really given us a lot of food for thought and um i hope people can benefit both from you know a little advice on you know just being a little more cognizant of how you behave online and also trying to recognize the positive through some, sometimes the negative, I think, just comes more to the forefront, like the positive or the neutral just like sort of goes into the background. And then the things that are negative tend to gain a little more focus. So like if we can focus on the positive, I think also that'll be really beneficial. And um, thank you so much for running the group because I know a lot of people really benefit from it. Um, and thank you so, so much for sharing your time and your wisdom with us. 
Thank you for having me on. It's been really a pleasure. Thank you so much. Take care.